everyone's not for everyone forever. And, um, and that's okay. Everyone's got to go and explore and do everything they want. Maybe they want to found something one day. Um, they probably come here and question that after that, but, <laughs> um, but you know, to create like that initial commitment, like run through walls for me while you're here until you don't want to anymore. Or there's something else. And then great. Like then it's not, you know, it's, it's, it used to be people were like afraid about like, Oh, I want to leave or I might want to do this or can I try something else in the office? I feel like we're a little bit more fluid that we can talk about those things and those conversations are much more open. Hi everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman and Alex Garashenko and welcome to another episode of the masters in marketing agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success and in season three, discuss how to build a community and referral network. Today, I have Valerie Tyson, the CEO of Unrivaled Group, a full-service marketing solution agency that builds game-changing experiences through the intersections of strategy and technology. Welcome, Valerie. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. After a little bit of uh, a confusion in the beginning. Um, so I, I want to jump right into it uh, now. And I want to start by saying three names, and then I want you to tell me how those names are related to each other. It's going to be Jeannie Buss, Michael Jordan, and Howard Stern. All amazing people I have met and or worked for. So then, so then naturally, because I, I knew where the answer was going there, uh, how, how did you get in the room, in those rooms? Um, well, I started my career um, in uh, radio, and my uh, one of my first jobs was working for Howard Stern on his West Coast events. And so he would come out and do broadcasts in Los Angeles where thousands of people would come out, some of the best um, celebrities in the world. Like Everyone came through the door, and so um, I got to meet him. Very quiet. Um, uh, most people wouldn't think that. Very quiet. From there... Um, our AM sister station carried the LA Kings game and they said that there was a 27 year old millionaire whose grandfather was trying to buy him an NFL team for his birthday. And instead he got an arena football team and, uh, uh, it was Casey Wasserman in the LA Avengers. And one of our first meetings was at Staples center and Jeannie Buss and I were the only females in the room. And, um, she asked me to come sit by her so I could, uh, you know, we could have our two, the two women in the room sitting together. So that was great to have a really great mentor in her. And uh, Michael Jordan, I worked for his NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets, that he recently sold. And um, when I'd see him in the hallway, he'd palm my head. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I, I guess I really want to understand, like, how, you know, we all want to be in a room with those three. Um, how did you work up to get there? I see what you're saying. I, uh, I think... One of the things I think that's most important to me is I, it doesn't matter what room I'm in or what type of client we're working with. We focus on brands, property, and talent now. I am always the most prepared person at the table. That's my goal. And, um, you know, a lot of our interns and younger members of our staff ask, like, oh, how'd you get to fly in this private plane or do this? You must have been fun. And I was like, well, A, it probably was fun. But B, it wasn't because I was fun. It was because I was trusted. I was the most prepared person at the table. I kept my head down and outworked everyone um, to compete, to get into those rooms and to work on projects of that level. Were you, were you always like that or did you develop those skills? 
I, uh, I think, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I mean, it would rain and I'd have a bike wash. You know what I mean? Like I would have, like, I think I was always trying to figure out like how to solve things. Our hashtag at the agency is solve city. So I like to solve problems. So no matter what that is, and then channeling that through marketing and now having my own agency at Unrivaled, um, I'm able to do that like all day long. I mean, people will come to me and not even ask me to solve the problem. I'm like, wait, I got it. I got it. Um, so I think just being prepared and being able to like, kind of see ahead um, and solve things has probably served me well. Well, I guess it's interesting because, you know, I was listening to a previous podcast um, and then you mentioned throughout your career that, you know, you have been full of fear and, and full of self-doubt. And that's and I, I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to that conversation is what I'm trying to enter and figure out, you know, how did you get over that? Um, you, yeah, like I know there's a lot of self-talk or self-talk like, how? yeah, how did you get over that? OK, lack of better question. How did you get over that? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't, I wasn't always confident. I thought if I knew and had the right answers and I was prepared, that would help me become more confident. So, you know, now, um, uh, it, you know, much later in life and in my career, I've learned, like, I'm trying to learn and it's worked every day is like uh, gain a neutral mindset not to let the highs get too high or the lows get too low. And, um, I think, um, I, you know, I think that's the, you know, that the part of that process, like I want, I'll work myself into the ground because I want to be the most prepared person. I want to deliver the best work for my clients and provide the best environment for my team. And I think, um, you know, that's just part of that, that, uh, you know, that like kind of grind mentality. Um, having worked on the team side of sports, I think there's, you know, I didn't play on the court and I wasn't responsible for the outcome of the score, but the whole ecosystem around any team is just another team. And so while you, again, may not be running on the court or, you know, like hitting something with a racket or a bat, like you're still delivering that experience to the fans. And I think once you learn that, it, you can't unlearn that. And uh, it's uniquely something that you learn by working in sports, and, uh, you know, on the, on the team side of sports. I guess I want to dive right into that because, again, we're in this, we're calling season three and it's all about community building and part of having a tight community, you know, what we group it in is, is employees, peers, and then like customers and things like that. And I guess I, I want to jump right into the employee side of, of how you build a community. Cause you've already mentioned solve city. And uh, I think it was on your website. You, you mentioned right on the website that you don't call them employees. You call them solve city, solve city residents. Um, you even have a tab on your website. It's all about culture. And I know everyone maybe has like a little section about culture on their website, uh, but you had like a whole tab just dedicated to that. Um, and even in there, you said, Sports teaches us some of life's most basic lessons. Uh, be a good teammate. Solving problems leads to wins, hard work, practice, and focus. Um, so obviously culture means a lot to you, but can you kind of just talk about that a little bit? So for us, like Salt City came of, um, you know, there's another agency and they have a similar mon like moniker kind of. And I wanted like a rally cry. Like all we're here all day long is to solve problems. Like whether it's like internal communication, client problems. And for me, um, you know, being in a team, I, I started in sports and I come from radio. I had no idea. I was waiting for someone to figure out that they didn't know what I was, and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. But when you are on a team, your teammates don't let you fail because everyone wants to win. And so you coach up the weakest link. So I look, when I built my agency, I wanted to do something different than other agencies were doing. And you, it, it, you can't teach someone how to be a good teammate 
Um, but if they have the drive, and it's also hard to teach effort, like that's almost impossible to teach. But if someone has the willing to be the best at whatever they do when they come here, and then you can, um, and they are willing to be a good teammate and learn and help fill in the gaps and like pick up other teammates when they've tripped on the court or whatever, um, I knew I had something there. And I wake up every day, it's like, you know, being at Staples Center again or any other arena, like getting up every day and like wanting to run through a wall. Like, how are we going to win today? You know, we might get that down by the end of the day, but how do you get back up? Like, you know, it's like that kind of Mambo mentality. Like, how do you, we want to win every day. We, um, we don't like lazy teammates. So we don't have lazy teammates on our team. Um, and if you are not willing to come here and be the best in the hours that you have dedicated here, it's probably not the right place for you. Um, that being said, like I would do anything for our team. You know, anyone who's willing to, you know, help their teammates and run through a wall for our clients, um, they have a place here with us forever until they're ready to go on and do whatever it is in life. What else they want to do? So for us at Solve City, like that's where we live and hang out from, you know, the hours that we do business and. Um, we welcome anyone who wants to be part of a great team and become the next, you know, wherever they go next, we hope that we've made them the most prepared person at the next table they sit at. Mamba mentality. Uh, you mentioned that, and that's something that I will now want to double click on. Um, you mentioned last time we spoke that you love Kobe quotes. Um, oh, I love Kobe quotes. is full of quotes, which we talked about last time that I love as well. Um, so whether it's a Kobe quote or another quote, or if you want to share 20 quotes, I'm here for it. Uh, but do you have a favorite quote and, and what does it mean to you? I have learned a new quote since we last talked and I think this one's going to blow your mind. Yes. You don't, you're so ready. You don't have to be sick to get better. Oh. Everyone always thinks to be well, you have to be sick. And so I think that's not a Kobe quote. Um, we work with a kind of a neutral mindset company and uh, I was listening to one of their podcasts this week and they talked about like their quote was like, Hey, yeah, it was like really tongue in cheek. Like you don't have to be sick to get better. And I think that's just so like healthy. Like I, I don't, I don't, I wake up every day and I'm like, how can I get better? It used to be when I had like, you know, not such a neutral mindset. I was like, how am I less bad today? How do I make things less bad today? Which is a terrible attitude. But once you're like, how do I get better? I feel like it like clears your mind and like all the good things that you were probably like not seeing by having that negative attitude, um, like stop you from seeing all the good things and all the opportunity out there. So um, when I heard that quote this week, I thought you as a particular, I couldn't wait to drop that one on you. Um, I thought that was just really great. Like you can always, like always get better. Um, and then I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes too is like from the Canadian philosopher, Ted Lasso, and it's onward forward. <laughs> um, because, because no matter what happens, like you have to move through it. Like you can get stuck in it, but that doesn't get you anywhere. And you spend a lot of time and energy in something that maybe you can't change or, um, and that happens to me all the time. I don't say that flip, like it's super easy. Like you mentioned earlier, like I used to always worry building something from nothing is nearly impossible. And so the challenges daily of building, um, you know, going from a small to a mid-sized agency and gaining clients and like notoriety and all these things, like it's a grind. It's not a gift. We've earned every piece of business. We haven't been some, been some part of a capital company, uh, or an injection with, you know, uh, cash in any way Like we've built this from dollar one. And so there are always going to be ups and downs. It's just learning how to mitigate that. And so when you get through it, you know, times like COVID and things that we discussed last time, um, it's just like onward and forward. Like it happens. Like how are you going to solve it? Like what's next step forward and onward and forward. You got to keep going. Like pick yourself off the mat and keep going. I, I feel like these are going to make great YouTube shorts, which is what we produce. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to keep pulling that thread and say like, do you have another quote that you would like to share? I um, uh, so can't never could. 
So I don't like, I really don't. Um, and I think like, if anyone who's read the mama mentality, Kobe did not like excuses. Uh, I think while I am not a, a, the athlete that he was by any means, um, I too don't understand laziness. So when I hear like, before we even try, if it comes out, like we can't do this. Like if you don't even try, like we're not even like in solve city anymore. Like we're on somebody else's ranch. Right. So for us, like, uh, for me, it's you know, why don't I try? Have you tried every possible thing to make this happen before we discuss it's impossible? Um, so I think that's a good one. And then um, if you think you can't, you already lost. That was the one that I had. I was going to be like, well, I think that also ties into what you just said. And you mentioned that last time. So yeah, I think I'm glad you had yeah, that. And that was that was a big thing. Like if you, if you already think that you've lost, um, then you have, like you've already defeated yourself and you know what, there's enough things in the world and the social media and like cancel culture. There's enough things that will defeat you. You don't have to do that yourself. So you have to set yourself up for success. Like be positive, like think that you can do it, work through the problems, like tap into other people and resources that can help you do things and like take everything to like, to the, like the, take everything you can to like the highest level to be able to try to solve problems. It's funny. Uh, I had someone also, when I was over at IMG, um, the first day I was there, I tried to, I asked a question, I got shut down immediately and someone walked around the corner. And one of my favorite quotes to this day still is when someone challenges you, you escalate it to the highest level. So like, even if there's a challenge or someone think like someone took like empowered, says you can't do something, like, I still think it's possible. So if someone tells you you can't, like, what do you mean you can't? Like, I mean, obviously you can't like break into someone's house. Like, I'm not talking about that. So no one do that who's listening to this. But, you know, if it's if it's um, something that you think is possible and you have a solution for it, like lay out your plan and test it and fail fast and often and figure it out. Um, but I think that you can always challenge people when they tell you it's no to you. So when someone challenges you, you take it to the highest level. I I love that because I have one quote that I think I made up. I've no I've Googled it and I don't know if it is original or not, but it's find motivation wherever you can and then maximize it. And I think that really ties to what you're saying because first of all, motivation is very hard to find if you're not being aware of it. Um, and I think when something when someone hits you with it, you can't do that, like milk it. You know, like that's it's almost one of the best motivators is someone telling you that you can't do something. Um, so, so I really love that. And I guess to stay on the subject of kind of mental health and positive messages, you, you, you've mentioned neutral mindset twice. Um, and again, last time we spoke, we talked about a little bit of stoicism and kind of how that ties into that, but you did say what it means to you, but I, I want you to break it down a little bit more. Cause I think it is so important and it's not about, you know, I think a lot of people, they think about bringing themselves up when they're down. Um, but it is also not getting too high. And I don't, I think people don't even realize like, why should you not get too high on something. So do you have anything that you could share of, of one, just breaking down neutral mindset and two, actually why it's important not to get too high? A lot of this like comes from to like sports athletes and the training that like a lot of the clients that we work with, they will have a sports psychologist and you know, you can win today and then you can go on a losing streak, but you can't let that affect the way you play. Right. And so I just kind of take a lot of those lessons, you know, that you learn on the court field pitch, whatever. And I bring those into the office. And so for me, you know, we talked about like uh, self-doubt, like, you know, I had a mentor for a very long time who like taught me to be a number, a great number two. I was amazing at it, but I never thought it was in the realm of possibility that I would own or be my own agency or team. 
And I think, so when we talk about that, when I started to think like what was possible, it was benchmarking against myself. I don't need someone to hype me up every day, but I do like read a lot of quotes. I read a ton of business books. I just like to learn like what people are doing and what's working and what's not working um, and not being happy from other people's failures, but there's like lessons in failure too. I mean, some of the best lessons are in failure. So I think it's just taking everything that comes at me and like, oh, we lost a client. Oh, like I could totally ruin my day. It affects the team that seeks out across the team. I produce bad work. I bring it home, you know, to my husband. Like that's not good. Um, and if we get a big win, it shouldn't be all about this win. And then I forget about all the other things that we have to do. And like, I run around and talk about how great we are because we had this massive win. I think you can celebrate and you can also like kind of mourn or whatever together in a way that's more neutral. So you're really happy that, that something happened or you're sad that something happened or like, Hey, what are the lessons you learned in it? Like, what do you do? Like, what do you talk about? Like, what's the next step? So it's like onward forward. Great. We want a new account. That's awesome. I'm so proud of the team. Like let's celebrate. And and then like onward and forward. Now we gotta get to work. Like, hey, we lost an account. Like, hey, what can we learn from that so that doesn't happen again? Um, or was well, there nothing that we could do or is it a service that we need to offer? And then great, let's get back to work. Like, so if you let any one given thing like wreck you to like the, the pit and peak of your day, like there's nowhere to get the work done during the middle. And you're like, uh, I learned about cortisol recently through this process. Apparently cortisol can be good or bad. Mine was very bad. Huberman is he the one that yeah yeah and, and someone's someone's like oh you have a cortisol problem and they like gave me something I was like how do you know me they're like because like you love really hard and you get sad really hard and like that's not great like they're like you and I'm like well, what do you mean I'm like those are like what's what makes me me but if I can do that in a way where I'm not like I'm still genuine in who I am but I don't think it has to be so extreme and I think it also allows you then to see the whole field. We also talked about how, like, I when I look for a team, I want to field a team of point guards because point guards in basketball can see the whole court. And so I think remaining neutral, um, you have a better opportunity to see the whole court. I'm responsible for a team. I'm responsible for business operations. I'm responsible for client work and performance. And so I have to be clear-headed. I can I can have two extremes happen back to back. And I can't go, it's not good. I'm not going to be good to anyone if I'm going from like peak to pit, like every minute of the day, I have to have some kind of level of normalcy and I'm not perfect. Like this is a, like a, a practice every day. It's like shooting free throws every day. Like I got to practice this. And sometimes I slip up and I'm like, Oh, that was terrible. I want to be in the fetal position. And the next day I'm like, you know, we're shooting champagne in the parking lot because we won some new client. Like I think there's appropriate ways to celebrate, but also like keeping your like eye on the ball, like neutral mindset. That was great. I'm supposed to win. I'm supposed to lose some things. How can I get better? How do I win more? How do I lose less? Um, and I think it's like, I'm always going to be a work in progress. Um, we have a client now. He's really big into neutral mindset. Every morning we send each other our gratitude blogs. And it's like, what are the three things I'm not going to do today? What are the three wins I had for the day? And what are the three things you're grateful for? Every morning. Um, and his favorite quote is, why not me? Or, and, or, and why not why not you? You know, he was playing baseball and his coach said there's no one to play cleanup. And he raised his hand, was terrible batting at the time. He's like, why not me, coach? His coach is like, why not you? So sometimes, you know, I'll be talking to him and I'm like, oh, this is a really hard project. I'm not sure if I'm going to win. He's like, why not you? And it just totally turns me around. And sometimes you got to reset yourself. So I think trying to aim for neutral is much better than saying I'm going to be happy all the time because that's also not realistic. I I love that. Um, and just to kind of maybe add or, or understand kind of what you're saying, um, you know, I think a lot of times the people that have extreme goods usually means that they have extreme bads. Uh, and 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 you kind of describe the whole thing, but I, you know, my visual sense sees it actually as a parabola. 
right? And and you go ups and downs, mm-hmm. and it's like literally a parabola. And I learned something that I, I'm probably butchering the understanding, but I, I go with it. So it's called Aristotle's mean. Uh, and it's basically this idea that humans have a very hard time. And, and it's it's not just humans, just it's in the world that they have a hard time sitting on the mean. Uh, and they what they do is we bounce like this over the parabola. And we say, oh, I'm too high. I have to bring myself down. But like you overcompensate and then you go all the way down. And it creates this parabola of like good and bad, at least in this example. Same thing with politics, right? That's why we rarely have so many Democratic or Republican presidents in a row, right? We sit on this parabola that goes like this. We say, oh, problems are happening. It must be that. Let's go the other way, overcompensate. And and I think what people should or can or strive to do is to tighten that parabola, just like you said. And what happens is you actually end up raising the baseline. Um, so when you're so volatile, it's hard to like see where that middle is. But when mm-hmm. you start to bring that parabola down and you start to bring those extremes down, you can now see the baseline and now you can tilt it up and or or raise the, like what's the ship's uh, quote, uh, high tides rises all ships kind of thing. So like mm-hmm. rise without so much volatility. And that's kind of how I think about it. Um, with, uh, I don't know, with the lack of philosophy that I read. So, uh, well, it's, it's funny that you use the word tilt because I talked about neutral mindset client. You know, um, we work with um, often um, a company called Limitless Minds and their speakers are room tilters. So it's like, how do you change the like ethos of a room or a conversation or a discussion? Um, so like there's sometimes you need to tilt. Sometimes I need to bring more energy to leave a meeting or to explain something. You know, we have a young team. So I'm not explaining something I've done for, you know, like decade. Like I have to explain it to someone who has never done it before. And so I have to bring the energy to get them excited about it. But then also know, like not be disappointed when everyone doesn't get it right away. Right. Like because they weren't there. And so and a lot of it's just like gut checking a lot. I don't get it right all the time. I mean, I probably get it right wrong more than I do. Right. But I know now, like when you talked about like, hey, you know, like benchmarking and being down, like I know when I'm in it, like everyone gets in it. Right. You're like, oh, I'm not enough. Or can I do more episodes of a podcast? Can I win more clients? Like whatever it might be. Um, but like it's enough to know that it's happening. And you're like, wait, like like those are good problems to have. Like, it's fine. Like, I don't need like, like spin out. I need to think about what I need to do or if I need to do anything, maybe I'm fine. I'm just in my own head. Like we all get there. And so, um, you know, we even have on a quarterly basis, a gratitude coach come in and just talk about like how to deal with that, like highs and lows and being grateful for things and yeah. like resetting. And yeah. And, there, and there's like some great things out there about like positive and negative energy. There's a physicist who actually took two ball jars of rice um, and he sealed them totally sealed. Like, you know, those things where you boil them and the food lasts like hundred years. So he sealed just grains of white rice uncooked. I believe it was uncooked. I couldn't have that part wrong. And he yelled at one for a month. And he complimented the other jar. The one he yelled at turned green and molded. The other one was perfectly fine when they opened it. And it was like the energy that you put out there. And so if I bring bad energy, I set the tone for the team. And so I got to check myself. We actually have a sign outside our office. Um, I'll send you a picture. And it talks about before you enter this building, check your energy. Because you owe your best self to your teammates, to yourself, to our clients. And so if you can't do that right now, then like, like, Take a walk and come back. Take a lap, whatever you have to do. Um, it's funny. We have a ring doorbell here, and that sign's outside the office. I don't know what people think we do here, but they read that. They're like, what does that sign mean? But it really, it's like if you bring that into the office, everyone, like when you have a small and growing team, like you feed off each other. 
Um, so having that coach come in and check us and, you know, give us like good tools in our toolbox to read. Um, she wrote a book on gratitude. So she'll share some of her, her book and, you know, like meditation. I never thought like, I was like, oh, meditation or whatever. I just have to run through a wall. I need to work harder. But like learning some of those self-care things and being able to get yourself back to neutral, it's been a total game changer for me. Like every, I can see my progress as, as long as it's taking me, I can see progress. Um, and then I try not to get too hyped about that progress. <laughs> I, I, I know, I feel like I'm supposed to continue or talk about like the business and, uh, back to community and everything, but I want to keep diving into this. Cause I, I think there's just a lot that uh, great stuff that you can share. Um, and I want to keep diving into the culture. Um, and I actually don't have a great question other than like, is there anything else that you do for your employees that helps with your culture because you keep sharing something else and something else. I'm like, that's amazing. So my lack of better question is what else do you got? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I, I, I'm definitely an imperfect, but learning leader, right? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't always get it right, but any decision I make the team, like before myself, before, I mean, our clients are obviously top priority, but it's the team. If the team is not healthy and well, we're not going to be well for anyone. And so I always keep that at the top of mind. And I think some of the places where I have to let them get back to neutral in terms of running a team is I've been doing this for a really long time and I've had the like good fortune of working with and some of the best teammates ever and you know starting up an agency and having a variety of like experience levels within the agency um i expect everyone to know like what's in my heart or head like hey yeah we all gonna get in here every day we're gonna crush it and for someone who's like new to a workplace in general new to our workplace new to sports like mixed with someone else who's experienced like sometimes that's a hard balance because i'm like what do you mean you don't understand or like we like we can we can this is really easy just do these three things and so i think learning like patience for that too so i think i'm super transparent with my team i don't think um I mean, I'm not sure what you, they would say if you interviewed them, but um, it's like, like I try to be as honest as possible with everyone. And, um, uh, you know, like whatever's happening in the business or like when I need help with something, like, you know, I think we have a really like, one of the best teams we've ever had now. And it's just being transparent and asking, like checking in with people, how are they doing? Um, it's very different. Like when I was groomed, I, we joked, I told you, you know, I was raised by wolves uh, and I have these sneakers that has that on the bottom. I feel like I was raised by wolves and it's a different time now. Like people actually talk about mental health. Mental health is not new, but actually people talk about it and that's okay. And I think even resetting myself to be able to have better conversations about that. Um, and always like thinking like through the lens of like better opportunities for training and tools. And um, we're not perfect at that. Like nobody's perfect at that. We're going to benchmark against ourselves and get better. So that's part of our culture is like, how do we solve, you know, new problems? We might have solved the old problems, but there's always something new to solve every day. So are the members of your team, do they tend to be similar as you in terms of energy and mindset? Um, or do you tend to hire people that are um, different in certain ways? Um, I think that's a really good question. I think, um, I, I think they're very, I think everyone's very different. I think people bring a different energy. I think everyone's equally passionate about unrivaled and like helping us all succeed as a team. I think how each person gets there is very different, which is also a great teachable moment for me as a leader. Um, not everyone has that. Like every day, I, I found this awful, I Googled like this awful business sports mashup video. It was like people in suits on a basketball court. It was horrible, but like, it was like the music and the energy. I'm like, this is what like the soundtrack is in my head. This is my walk-up song every day. It's how I come to work. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, we don't think about like that way at all. Or I didn't meet this person. Like, I know what you're saying. That must've been really great. And that's why it motivated you. But like, you need to tell me this a different way because I wasn't there. 
And so I think, um, again, it's like always teachable for me. But one, I think, consistent thing I look for when I hire is, I, uh, like, you know, we have different disciplines or full service. So it could be communications, account management, marketing, digital, social. Um, and, of course, I want people really talented in those areas. But first and foremost, someone's got to uh, be a culture fit and be a good teammate. Like being a teammate far outweighs any skill. You can learn any skill in anything. Like if tomorrow we switched and we were doing basket weaving, like we could all learn basket weaving if you have the right team and mentality. Like, great, I'm going to go out and be the best basket weaver I can. Um, I don't even know if people do that anymore. But, you know, it's that mentality of like being able to figure things out and to be a good teammate. And, you know, during the interview process, it shouldn't be like how much time do I have to spend in the office or, um, you know, like, oh, do I have to be on all these emails? Like those kinds of questions for me are the wrong questions. It's like, how do I roll up my sleeves, be the best teammate possible and create an environment where you can have a great work life balance, but still come in and crush it every day. So for me, like integrity and like culture team fit are priority number one for me you mentioned running through walls uh, i guess is, is that something one is that something that you look for when you're hiring and then if you're looking for it how do you test for that early on it's interesting i mean sometimes you can tell like character i guess like part of that is character right like so if i use that term now but you know character is like anyone can say anything they want to get a job or not get a job and um I think you can tell like work people have done before. Um, it's a hard, I mean, sometimes you get people here and they're like, I'll do anything. And then like, they're like, Oh, I've been here 10 minutes. I'm going to lunch. Like, you know, interns that come in or things, you know? So I think um, I, I always show, like I try to model the behavior and if I'm not modeling it correctly, once they get here, I show them and I actually do the work and then we talk about it again. And then I model again with that person. So I don't know if that's always perfect, but I think, it's um it's hard to tell like you hope they're like what they, their work speaks for themselves you hope they really did what they said before um and i think through the interview process it's you know like of course i own this so like i'm going to put in no one should work the same hours that i should work like when you're a founder of something you always put in extra work and i want people to have a good life balance but if the first questions are like how much vacation how long like you know do i have to come in do i have to talk to my teammates do i have to be on client calls like some of those questions are red flags but like when someone brings the energy like i love what you're saying about this yeah and i mean again it's mental like that's going to come off probably perceived as wrong i mean it with the best intentions we have unlimited vacation here like we have all these great tools for people but it's like also we, to, to get those things we have to do the work so you know it's also talking about like tell me about a problem you solved and how you got there and like learning how they walk through the problem if it's like oh i asked someone or i googled it or you know whatever like you know that's probably not <laughs> the the best way but like someone who shows me their thought pattern and how their brain worked to solve something for me i'm like okay they're great they could be really good for this team um again they don't have to have the energy that i do um everyone is different there are people who are low-key and like high performers and that's great too and that's one interesting thing about having your own agency you have to build a work environment that is like helps all those people be fruitful and like drive their best work. And I think that's the hardest part about it. How do you build something for everyone? Um, and I think that's the biggest challenge. And some days I get it right. Sometimes we don't. Um, I tell people when I hire them, like, look, come here, be a part of this team. And I will make you the most prepared person at whatever table you sit at next. And all I ask is that while you're here, like the hours that you were contracted to work here a week or you know, hired to work here a week, like put in your all, like be the best at whatever it is I'm hiring you to do. And then when you're ready to go off and do all these mag magical things like I had done in my career, I will open my Rolodex and tell me who you want to be introduced to. And I will give you the best reference you've ever had. 
everyone's not for everyone forever. And, um, and that's okay. Everyone's got to go and explore and do everything they want. Maybe they want to found something one day. Um, they probably come here and question that after that, but, <laughs> um, but you know, to create like that initial commitment, like run through walls for me while you're here until you don't want to anymore. Or there's something else. And then great. Like then it's not, you know, it's, it's, it used to be people were like afraid about like, Oh, I want to leave or I might want to do this. Or can I try something else in the office? I feel like we're a little bit more fluid that we can talk about those things and those conversations are much more open. Well, I think that your personality as I'm learning, you know, last time we spoke and now uh, is conducive to allowing conversation and communication happening within the firm. And, and I think what I've learned just talking with you is, you know, there's two different types of people in the world. There's ones that blame others for problems. And then there's ones that kind of, blame themselves or say like, I have an impact on, on this. And I just love how you always start with yourself and how you can solve a problem. Like for example, the intern example that you gave, you could have just said like, Oh, I hired a bad intern. Like they, they're just, they're shitty. So like, you know, let's just wait till their two months is up. But your response was actually, no, 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 I'm going to set a good example. Uh, and then that's going to show them how they should be acting. And I, and I think that's honestly so rare um even with good owners and good CEOs and everything that even that is still is still pretty rare um so i think that was amazing and then i did write a stoic quote um that it's a little bit different but it's on some of the things that you were saying which is you're supposed to be strict on yourself and lenient to others um and and i think that you have also kind of shared that you do that well while still motivate it's not like you're letting everyone go, uh, but you're doing that. That's how you motivate them. And then they, they hopefully get to that level that you're, that you're aiming for, that they're aiming for or anything like that. So um, just wanted to share that. The question, however, that I had, which is from a little bit earlier is you mentioned a walk-up song and I want to know what your walk-up song would be. Uh, you can see me in a crown, Billie Eilish, because our logo is a crown. That happened once at a panel. I wasn't expecting that. It made me teary-eyed. Um, I think um, there's a song, called, uh, I think it's by the Paper Kings. I think that's their name. It's I'm Ready to Go. And it's just like about being like ready to go. Like, I'm like, let's do it now. Like I'm ready. I feel like I'm always ready. Like uh, it used to be before I give big speeches or pitches, I would throw up a lot before something. Everyone's like, Oh, have you thrown up yet? Cause I know it'll be fine. Um, I don't do that anymore. Neutral mindset has helped with that, but uh, there's, Oh gosh, there's so many great uh, mind songs. Um, probably anything Lizzo would be fun. Um, although she might be canceled now. I don't know. I'm, I can't keep up with the list anymore. Um, <laughs> but I'm a, uh, I'm a huge fan of a good walk. What's your walk up song? Well, I actually, uh, I'm not overly proud of mine. Uh, I did, I wrestled in, in, in high school. Um, so I actually had one and it was stronger by, uh, Kanye. It was actually, it was a Daft Punk song that he redid. And I love Daft Punk. Oh, yeah. It was like too much of a loser move to, to just do Daft Punk. So I was like, let me do. Punk. I love Daft Punk. Um, also I guess one of my, but the song I play probably once a day, um, is, uh, wait for it from Hamilton. So I don't know if you've heard the soundtrack. I heard the soundtrack before I ever actually got to see Hamilton, which is the most amazing experience of my life. Uh, I guess that's also not popular to say anymore, but I loved it. And I didn't have it in the order. It was like my Spotify was on random. Like it was like randomizing all my songs. So like the whole thing didn't make sense to me. I'm like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> but wait, but wait for Aaron Burr is like, I'm not standing still. I'm lying in wait, like waiting for your moment to do something. And, uh, it's like everyone doubted him because he was always like compared to Hamilton. And obviously he did something horrible in the end of this, but like, if you track that arc of his story, he was always like, he was waiting for the right moment. He was being like strategic in or how he thought he was bringing his own, like, you know, life to, to the world and his gifts to the world. Um, and so I, I love that. I really like that song a lot about like perseverance. So 
Um, my favorite song is that the, the one that the king sings. They go, oh, do you know? I don't know how it goes. Mm. But that's there's awesome. so many good. There's so there's so many good moments. I went to go see Hamilton in the snowpocalypse, and when they had canceled the night before, I had tickets forever. And as I walk in, my husband's like, "Don't look at the board. The original cast is not here." But when the curtains opened, the entire original cast of Hamilton was there the night I saw it. It was the such a great experience. The uh, the other thing I, I do want to say before we get to the questions at the end is uh, you mentioned, you know, I guess like throwing up before important things or speeches and things like that. And, uh, the thing that I usually share with people when when they mention something like that or they're nervous about something is I, I call them appreciative nerves. And, and I say that. But what I mean by that is, um, you know, a lot of times we actually get nervous because we're in a position that is not in a position that a lot of people even get to be. So. If you actually take that scared and that nervousness and say like, the only reason I have this is because I put myself in a position that I could even get these nerves. It almost like flips the nervousness to like a bad feeling to a good feeling. And it's, it's done so much good for me that like now I'm an adrenaline junkie. So it went, I went way too far. Um, But what it does is it really takes this negative thing that everyone like avoids and they won't get up in front of people or they won't literally do something because of nerves um, because they see them as negative. And I just think if people can, flip that and say like i'm actually in a position of good and and i i put myself in this position i'm gonna actually appreciate these nerves and like kind of close my eyes and like feel them um i don't know it's just something that i've i've kind of taught myself with nerves so I, no no I, I i like that i mean I, like pressure is privilege like everyone has pressure so for me i don't really buy into that there's a couple of those kind of like phrases that like also when people say my truth like there's only one truth. There's the truth. Like, oh, here's my truth. I'm like, I don't know if I understand that because you're either it's true or not. But when you talk about like it's, that pressure, it's their segment that of the multiverse. Yeah, I guess. I mean, my multiverse is I've got like it's true or not. Um, and again, whatever works for anyone, I'm not here to judge anyone on those things. But like how it works for me is like I knew that something big was happening when I would throw up. Like so, it was nervous. But then when I got up there. Um, I would forget about that. And I think too, you know, I'd done uh, some improv in the past and I think that really helped me too with kind of those situations about like, it just like you get up and you do improv it was the greatest joy of my life. And I used to sneak out of the NBA games to do it um, and go to class so I could learn how to do it. And you don't see the people. Like I used to be the most self-deprecating person and I'd get up there and I would forget about it. So I was just playing a game with my friends. But you also learn confidence and you learn how to like, combat like you never know what someone's going to say to you so i think you know learning to i think that helped me a lot with those nerves and i guess the throwing up stopped <laughs> to some degree <laughs> there there are athletes in the nfl nba that they say they do the same thing there was uh one guy on the eagles had to retire because his anxiety just was too high every single game he was like i'm i'm done with this i i can't do it anymore uh, now he goes to Wharton. Uh, he's he's in grad school, so he's doing pretty well, I guess. Um, a lot of athletes who don't manage their own social media because they don't want to see it. They know they have to be on it, but like it affects their play. So if they mm-hmm. read a tweet from someone who didn't even think about that or something, they can't like the athletes. Like, yes, I know I need to do this, but don't ever tell me what it says. Interesting. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, I have a few questions that I tend to ask at the end. Alex, any uh, any remaining questions on your side before I jump into them? No, go into it. Already. Um, so yeah, again, these are a few questions that I, I tend to ask at the end. Um, how can you work with other marketing agencies or what services can you partner with other agencies? So, you know, like what do agencies tend to reach out to you for? 
Uh, usually it's something sports related because we focus basically on brands, property, and talent. We had a lot of requests working with sports and athletes either coming into sports or exiting out of sports. Um, we are full service, but a lot of big agencies will hire us and white label our services to help them when they just don't have the staffing or the capacity. So, um, you know, we just love doing the work, so we don't have to always take credit for it. Um, and being a good teammate, we can plug into any team, whether it's an agency or our clients. So um, usually it's like sports question, ticket sponsorship, sponsorship sales, things like that for us. Um, but again, like whether it's like you're selling tickets for something or you're selling, you know, bug spray, like whatever our approach to all clients are the same. Uh, so we can usually plug in pretty easily to anyone's team that's trying to solve a problem. That was perfect. Um, if a client asks, can you do this into service you don't currently provide, how do you typically handle that request? If it's something that I know that we can do and just haven't done and it's a one-off and we have a capacity and they have the budget for it, then we say yes. If not, I'd rather pair them with the best provider for that. Um, that's why in our shop, we don't currently have any full-time designers. We have contract designers that have been with us for a long time because most of our client engagements are a long time. We don't have do a lot of project work. We're primarily on retainers. And so I like to pair the best the client with the best designer for them. Again, not everybody is for everyone, which applies to lots of things like I mentioned earlier. And so um, same with like web development and things like that. I want to find the right match for that client. And maybe it's not me and that's okay. Then they'll have a great experience in what we can do. And I can introduce them to another great partner. Perfect. Uh, if you were listening to this show, what topics would you like us to cover? Uh, I think there's something about... Um, well, I think having guests unexpectedly pop into podcasts would be an amazing time. I think that could be like a whole new show in itself. Um, but um, I think, you know, what I realized too is like a, kind of in the startup world too, like hearing what other people like me are going through so you don't feel like you're in it alone. So, you know, maybe like a, one of the best uh, panels I ever saw in a, in a conference was it was a startup CEO and their psychologist, their like shrink. And like they talked about how his growth, like what his growth was and the things he was working on. And they didn't have a session in front of everyone. I just thought it was just like so cool to see, oh, wow, you think those things too? I think about those things all the time. Or like, oh, I thought it was crazy. Or maybe I am, but like at least I'm not the only one. So I think like seeing things that people like me are going through and how they persevered or failed or, or whatever and, and learn from that. Um, I also like to see a lot more about... Um, or something that would be interesting. I love watching new people into the workforce and what their perception of our workplace is, because I think that's very interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how I knew like to put my you know bag in the file cabinet or whatever. Like, you, like it's just funny to see people new to the workforce. I think that would be fun. That would be some fun perspectives to hear. And just to just to clear up some confusion, uh, and I referenced this in the, in my very intro also. Someone. <laughs> Someone who actually has a meeting next week with us uh, joined in like the first five minutes of this call. So we were all like kind of shitting our pants and not knowing what to do. I, my, no, no, my, my, my improv kicked in. I was recording. like, we're going to do this together. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been, been great. It would have been great. We roll with it. Right. Uh, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the episode. I'm like, oh, okay. It's just like you two talking. We're just like in the back. Uh, that actually, that would actually make up. for a good episode. It would make for um, a great episode. Especially for the community. If, if we pair the two people but didn't tell them. <laughs> and like, well, I, think, I think the three of us can start a podcast. We'll just have random guests come in. We're scheduled. It's like, <laughs> you don't know who's going to show in. And everyone just kind of interviews each other. I mean, I think it could be a whole new brand of podcast. No one's thought of it. I actually. Right, Josh, you, we, we, we talked about that a, a little bit. Um, we were thinking of doing something like chime in. Or something like that, where we start the conversation, the random people just pop in, say, like, "Hey, chime into this." 
That's, that's, During uh, COVID, there, there was a company who actually you could pay and they would bring goats into your Zoom calls. Like just to like break up the like monotony of Zoom calls, goats, farm animals, like how some of these businesses survived. Large companies paid them a lot of money. I mean, this is like a human version of that. Like mm-hmm. what you got? <laughs> it was all the goats from goat, goat Yoga and they needed a new job. So I guess they're like, let's uh, Zoom goat was uh, was there. All the ones who are on the sidelines from Goat Yoga injury or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it. I would. I think I would like it. Uh, a couple more questions. Uh, are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? Yeah, we are currently um, looking for our um, spring and summer interns, and we are we currently have uh, an account manager position open, like a client services working with our clients, and an email influencer marketing position available. So we have a few. They're all on our website. Awesome. Uh, and then last question, any book, podcast, or newsletter recommendations? It can be in marketing. It doesn't have to be. It can be in business. It doesn't have to be anything. Uh, I would say um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Pat Lencioni. Um, If you haven't checked it out, he runs The Table Group, which is a great um, strategy firm. And it's a fable, but uh, dismantles what makes teams fail. Um, and I give everyone who comes on board uh, the opportunity to read a copy of that book. And then I read it once a year, just to remember, um, to try to avoid, avoid those five failures. That's a great, I have, I have the pyramid on one of my whiteboards in front of me. That's a, that's a good, and then there's also one, uh, and I can't remember the title, but uh, there's only one book ever written about the, um, the New Zealand rugby team. You might not, you might, you guys might want to edit this part out because I can't remember the name of it, but, uh, that is one of the best for you guys. That's the best book ever. Talk about success of a team. Um, no, I don't know that one, but as, uh, as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Yeah, sure. You can always uh, stop by our website unrivalgroup.com. Uh, same on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So unrivalgroup.com. We're based here in Austin, Texas. So if anyone's visiting, we'd love to have you stop by our headquarters. It's a fun sports themed, lots of lockers and things to look at. So. I will have any excuse to come back to Austin. Uh, But thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you who have learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or follow so we can continue getting the highest quality of guests. And as always, thank you for listening. Valerie, I had so much fun on this episode. Thank you. This was amazing. You guys are the best. I I love your podcast. I wish you guys nothing but the best. And if you ever want to spin up your series, uh, your improv uh, interviews, I'm in. Oh, I had an improv question. I didn't know how to get it in. So uh damn that'll, that'll be for the next one we'll talk about improv the uh the That's book perfect. i think you're referring to is is it the jersey the secrets behind the world's most successful team i think it, i think it is the jersey there are a couple i, I think there's there are a couple in that vein but the jersey is an awesome book there's so many good sports books i could go on for that come by our library pick up a book we've got them all oh we even got bonus material in this episode awesome <laughs> thank you so much for coming on Thank you guys. So I'm going to miss you guys. I hope I can come on again soon. Well, we have the community. So we'll reach out with the community, hopefully get you guys some referrals. If we didn't even, if I didn't even tell you about that, well, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. Yeah. I love it. I'd love to be of service to anyone who needs help too. So let me know. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com. 
where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.